You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Romans 14:17 is what we've been looking at. Romans 14:17. Um, the Word of God says this. It said that's not. It says, "For the kingdom of God is not." Meat and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not something. So what is it not? It's not natural. And back in that day, remember, they were, really, they were always fussing about food and because the uh, Jews were very religious and they had a bunch of lists of don't do this and don't do that. And uh, I'm personally grateful that we live in the new covenant. I sanctified, I sanctified my ribs yesterday with the word of God in prayer and I ate them. Hallelujah. And so, you know, you do what you want, but the kingdom of God, but the point is this is it's not natural. It's not meat or drink. So it's not focused on natural things. The kingdom of God is not natural, but then it goes on to say, so these things must be spiritual righteousness. Everybody say it again. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How'd you get that way? Because you believe something. You believe that Jesus is the son of God. You believe that he was raised from the dead. And when you believe that, you believed uh, it, that confession, that belief caused you to become righteous. And then your confession was made unto salvation. You are righteous, not because of who you are or what you do, but because of what Jesus has done and what you believe about what he has done. And you receive that righteousness. It's very important. You know, in the old covenant, the Bible says they're righteous when they believe something, their righteousness was credited to them. Your righteousness was credited to you for everything when you believe that Jesus was the son of God and he's raised from the dead and you receive him as savior and you make him the Lord of your life. And then it says the kingdom of God is not only righteous, but it's peace. Now, we look at peace. Peace is a spiritual force. Remember when Jesus stood up and he saw the storm uh, after they were all concerned. Remember remember they said, don't you care that we're going to die? And he stood up and he said, peace, be still. Peace is a spiritual weapon. And so peace is also a fruit of the spirit. What a lot of people want today is tranquility. What they want is nothing going on. God did not promise you that. You can't find that in the word. Well, I just want everything to be peaceful. You're using the wrong word. You're using the world's word, the definition of peace. I just want everything to be at peace. Well, don't we all? But the only way you're going to have that kind of peace is have it within, and then it begins to affect those things that are without. Because first of all, you got to have peace with God in order to have the peace of God. But I got good news for you because, see, I don't have to have everything tranquil and calm around me to be at peace. And you've arrived at the last days and you got to get used to this. You got to get used to living where you live, but it not affect you. Jesus told you in the last times there'd be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and famine and plagues and pestilence. Well, that's not good news. No, but the good news is he's overcome them all. And you don't have to live in them. They can, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it'll not approach you. And so what the world wants is they want everything to be at calm. But God didn't necessarily promise you calm. He promised you peace. And Jesus said, uh, my peace. Come on, his very own peace. He left you. 
So if that's the peace you walk in, then you can control things that are going on in your life. I'm sorry to tell you, you can't control everything going on in everybody's life. I know that's what people want today. They want to control everything in everybody's life and make things at peace. But you have peace on the inside of you and you can control what you have dominion over. Aren't you glad people don't have dominion over you? You don't have dominions over people's wills, right? But you can control what goes on in your life. Those that you have dominion over, though, your children and their children you, and, and, and things that surround you. It, it, can, it can come towards you, but your peace bubble will stop it. Amen? Your peace, you got to make sure, though, you're not going to be swayed into what the world wants. They want tranquility. They want, the, the, you know, almost at any cost. But, but I can't promise you that because God didn't promise you that. But he did promise you something better. Are you all right? He promised you something better. What is it? Peace. The God kind of peace. The peace that's in heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, there's nothing bad going on in heaven. But it starts because God is in charge of everything up there. He's in charge of everything up there. There's no enemy. There's nobody disobeying him. There's nobody disobeying the word. Well, but Jesus prayed that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, but that's for you individually. And you can walk in that. Are you all right? Y'all, we don't live in Seattle. It only rains here every once in a while. It's all good outside. The weather's not controlling your, your disposition this morning, is it? Uh, you know, uh, and, and then, you know, be careful because sometimes when, when, and everything's starting to let down a little bit that you don't let down with it. I need you to stay intense. Hallelujah. All right. So the kingdom of God is not righteousness. It, it is righteousness. It's not food and drink, but it's righteous. It's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, I've been waiting to get here. Hallelujah. Joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's pick up where we left off last week. Let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all hope and with all joy and peace in believing. Now the God of hope fill you. Everybody shout hope lives. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There's lots of words in here, and I love this scripture. And it says that, that the God of hope may fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So I said this. I said one of the manifestations of knowing that you're in faith is peace. When you believe something, when you believe something from the word, you have a peace about you. You have an assurance about you. So there is a manifestation of the just living by faith. The just living by faith, one of the things they manifest is peace. One of the things they manifest is undisturbed composure. One of the things they manifest is this inward, it's an inward tranquility, not an outward, but it's, you know, there's a peace on the inside of you. You're led by peace. You're led by um, the word of God, but you're also there when you believe something that you have a peace about it. 
You, you, have an, you have a peace about it. When you're going to purchase a house and there's, you could have three or four or, or, uh, or, or maybe let's do it the other way. You're selling your house and you have 20 offers and you have peace about one. There, what's not, it's not based on outward circumstances. It's not based on the amount of money. It's based on an inward knowing. That peace, well, where does that come from? It comes from believing. It comes, so the just who live by faith, they should be the manifestation of the kingdom of God in their life is peace. So let me just, let's just back up here a little bit. Let's just talk about this as we get into peace and joy. And so, um, what is uh, the fight you're supposed to be fighting right now? Right? Is that the only fight that you have? Some of you aren't sure. It is the only fight. Everything you do in this life has to be from the fight of faith or it's a fight of the flesh. Watch out. Let me say, let me say it again. Every fight you fight has to be from a position of faith because if it's not from a position of faith, it's from a position of your flesh. And a flesh fight, <laughs> I can't even talk. A flesh fight, you only have fleshly weapons. Power of persuasion. Guilt. The biggest this, the best this. But every fight you fight has to be from the fight of faith. Does the fight of faith uh, come into this natural realm? Well, it absolutely does. Let's just use this as a pretty easy example. But um, if you have a condition in your body that the doctor, you know, it's a serious condition. Well, you all know that we're not opposed to medical treatment and doctors and that kind of thing. But if that's, the only, if that's your position, that I'm going to fight only medically, I'm going to fight only in the natural, then you're limited to what, that, uh, what they can practice. But if your fight starts in the realm of the Spirit with the Word of God and by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. He bore my sickness. He took my infirmity. If that is my fight... If that is where my fight comes from, it could include some natural things, but everything and every decision comes from the realm of the Spirit and from the Word of God, and that's where I fight my fight. Some people get confused. They say, well, if I'm fighting in the Spirit, then there are no natural things. Well, you live in a natural world, but you can't rely on... Are you all with me? You can't rely on natural things if it's a fight that only can pertain to this world and you can exclude God from it. It's a fight of the flesh and you, you're only, the only hope you have is what you can produce or what they can produce. But you see, you and I are not mere men. We happen to be from another kingdom. And so why would I limit myself I have to start everything from the good fight of faith. And you see, how can I tell if I'm living by faith, by what kingdom things I produce? What should the kingdom things I produce be? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If, if, if every fight I'm in is not producing those things, it's a fight of the flesh. And it's, only, it's limited. 
So every fight that you have in the flesh, if you start it from the spirit, you can win. You will get strategies. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? Every fight, every cause, everything that's going on, if it starts in God, he'll give you strategies. They came when David was a Ziklag. Um, this is not my message today, but somebody needs it. Uh, they came and it was a natural disaster. They took everything, took their wives, took their children, took their stuff. What is the first thing David did? He sought the Lord. In other words, he came to get in faith because he needed to hear from God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. What should I do? What did the Lord say? Uh, pursue them, overtake them, and recover it all. What is that now? It's a fight of faith. Where is David? It's looking naturally bad. David, giant killer, we love you, we love you. Everybody's gone. What did they do? They were picking up stones to kill him. People leave that part out. They wanted to kill him because this is your fault. You're the leader. They went to kill him. And instead of, he, he's like Paul, he got in the middle of his ship, whatever that was, he got along with the Lord and heard from God. Everything you do in life, every fight you have has to start in God, in faith. How do you know if you're doing it in God, in faith? You're at peace and nobody can move you. No circumstance, no person, no post, no whatever can move you from your place of peace. If you're always stirred up about something, I'm telling you, you are kidding yourself if you think you're in faith. It produces peace. In the middle of a storm. Amen. Now I'm going to up your peace to joy. Because now this one, what is joy? It is not happiness. It is not a new car. It is not a new house. It, it, is, it is not anything that doesn't produce joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Joy is a spiritual force. Now today... A lot of times people will say, Pastor, I, I sense it when I talk about it. And that's why you've been hearing it for two years. Because, see, it's not an emotion. It's a spiritual force. Because what I hear from people when I'm preaching, not that some of them are so bold to come up and tell me, but what I sense and what I hear. The thing about my gifting is sometimes I can hear you talk. And I answer it. And sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it gets me off. But I want to answer you because, see, I get it. When things are hard, when there's a lot going on and people are hurting and life is not fair and there seems to be no justice and there seems to be no end and, and people are weeping. And the Bible does say in Romans to weep with those that weep. So, some, because I hear this, if I rejoice, I'm going to feel guilty. If I come to church and rejoice, I'm going to feel bad because there's so many bad things going on. 
This is not a time to rejoice, Pastor Mark. This is a time to be solemn and serious. And, um, you know, we got to get some things changed. Well, if you want to get some things changed, you're going to have to do it the way God says do it. And um, uh, solemnness, I can look, but and you look too. I don't see it as a sign of faith. Sadness. And faith works by sadness. Faith works by complaining. Is it in there? Not going to find it. Is there weeping? Is there bad things going on? Yes. Do we weep with those that weep? But then right after that, it says rejoice with those that rejoice. And it says in the Psalms, Psalms 35, it says weeping may endure, weeping lasts for a night. But joy comes with the morning. All right. I'll just camp here. Psalms 30:11. He has turned my mourning into, into dancing. I'm going to take off my sackcloth. And get girded with gladness. So yes, it's, some things can be serious. But it's, it's like worry. Y'all, y'all good? Are you sure? It's like worry. Um, people who are worried need you to worry with them. Because if you don't worry, you don't care. If you don't take this serious, that means you're being flippant and this is really serious. Well, it's so serious that you have exalted it above the word of God serious. This is so um, not overcomable that, is that a word, overcomable? This is not something you can overcome. So you've exalted the situation above your God and therefore you're worried about it. Or you're in fear about it. Well, we got to do something about it. Do you now? Or are you going to believe God to do something about it? Now, he'll give you assignments to do, but don't, um, don't make a mistake about it. Your assignment may not be the same as everybody else's assignment. If we'd all do what God tells us to do, then together we can overcome some things. Are you all right? I know I keep asking you, Hallelujah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it a holiday? That was last weekend, wasn't it? Um, do you understand? What is the world looking for? They're looking for happiness, contentment. You and I are looking for a spiritual force called joy. And if we are going to push that aside because there are things going on all over the planet right now that don't make people happy, then you're going to push aside your faith, which is exactly what the devil would love you to do. Exactly. Because if you don't have joy and peace, you're not living by faith. And if you're not living by faith, you can't change anything. Not personally, not in your family, and certainly not corporately. The devil is not an idiot. He knows how this works. And so if he can keep you from manifesting peace and joy, it means you're not manifesting faith. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. 
And so what you need now more than ever is you need the peace that surpasses understanding. How do you get it? You keep your mind stayed on him. You guard your heart and your mind by, and staying in perfect peace. Perfect peace because he is the prince of peace. Now this joy thing. You know, and I know in the church when it manifests the joy of the, we all know Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my, and so see, the devil knows too that if he can keep you out of walking by faith and living by faith and you'll manifest joy, which also at the same time produces strength, then you'll be weak and wimpy and you'll be easy to run over. But that's not us. I said, that's not you. That's not me. I'm here to stir you up whether you want to be stirred or not. I'm going to stir you. I've got my wooden spoon. All the good stuff has gone to the bottom. All the vegetables and all the meat has gone to the bottom of the pot. And I'm going to stir you up today because you need to be walking in joy. Somebody you love could depend on you walking in joy. Somebody you care about, could, could, their life could be saved because you're rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You're doing them no favors by being solemn. You're doing them no favors by this is a big thing. It's not time to rejoice. It's always time to rejoice. It's always time to be glad. It's always time to rejoice. Amen. Well, it's so again with Romans 15, 13, let's look at John 16, 24. Not follow my notes. Who's ever upstairs? John 16, 24. It says, hitherto... You have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So let's talk about, it says in Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all, all joy and peace in believing. So when you believe God, God needs you right now to believe his word. He needs you to hear his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He needs you to hear his word. He needs you to believe his word. And he needs you not only to believe his word, he needs you to act on his word. And you see, one of the things about you faith people, us faith people, you are people of faith, right? You see, we're not just concerned about our lives and our family, our four and no more. We're actually concerned about everything that goes on around us. And the faith you've learned, the faith you've cut your teeth on to learn how to receive for you individually, now you need to lift that up corporately. You need to lift that up for a community. You need to lift that up for a region. You need to lift that up for a nation or the nations of the world. Your faith, and if God can get a group of people to corporately walk together in faith, then he can change some things. You understand this, that when you... Ask the Father in Jesus' name when you are believing and receiving, your joy is full. When you've actually talked to God about his word, you've asked him, you've made your request known, maybe for you personally, maybe for something in a community, maybe even something for a nation. But when you believe he's heard you, when you believe he's working, the fight of faith says, I trust you. I've done what your word says. I'm looking to you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm not going to be moved by what I see, not individually, not in a city, not in a nation, not in the world. I'm not going to be moved because I'm only moved by you. And because I believe that, I can have joy right now. My joy is not just temporary. My joy is not small. My joy is full. 
My joy is full. You see, what the devil would like to do is get you, you can't rejoice, you can't be have any joy about you until everything is fixed because there's problems in people's lives. But you see, that's contrary to how God works. That is contrary to how God works. Come on, y'all, you know how faith works. What do you got? You rejoice before you see it. And that doesn't just apply to you individually. That applies to corporate things that God is in the middle of. And God wants to get in the middle of everything. And we rejoice with joy. All right. All right. Hallelujah. Hither tear. You ask nothing in my name and you shall receive and your joy will be full. Acts 27, 25. Remember the apostle Paul got up in the middle of the ship, in the middle of a storm. He said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. I believe God. Come on, y'all. It's not just a thing. It's not just because we come to church on Sunday. It's not just our duty because we live in Alabama. We're Christians and Christians go to church. Come on, this is not just something I do to waste some time on Sunday. This is my life. And I believe God. So cheer up. Cheer up, but if you throw a but in there, then you're not in faith. But, but, but. I have a comment. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Everybody shout, I believe God. <laughs> I'm get, you're, you're almost there. I sense it. I sense it. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. It will be even as it was told me. Well, what's going to happen? Well, I know what time I live in. Do you? This is the hour of the glorious church. There's revival coming. There's revival coming. These are the last days. The church is going to get more powerful, not less powerful. They're trying to shut it down. But anytime they've ever, you study history. I know people don't like it. But when the church was persecuted in the book of Acts, the church exploded. Well, I don't want to be persecuted. Well, those who live godly in Christ Jesus will be. There's a whole lot of choosing to do right now. Amen. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe just like the apostle Paul. It'll be just like it was said. Amen. And so, therefore, what, did he, what, are we, what are we supposed to be doing? Cheer up. Cheer up. Hallelujah. First Peter 1.8. They say, this is my scripture. I heard one person say my picture was beside it, and I'll take that. First Peter 1.8. Whom having not seen, you love, in whom, though you see him not, yet believing. Yet believing, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Verse 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So, so if I believe something, what is the kingdom of God? It's not meat and drink, but what is it? It's righteousness. It's a manifestation of peace. Anywhere the kingdom of God is, there's peace. So if the kingdom of God is in your home, there's peace in your home. If the kingdom of God is in your home, there's joy in your home. If the kingdom of God is in your home, there's right doing in your home. If the kingdom of God has come to you in your house, these are the things that are manifested in your house, right doing. What else is manifested in your house? The peace of God. What else is manifested in your house? Joy. What does that mean? Everybody wants to come to your house. 
Everybody wants to hang out with you. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God has come. Wherever I go, what's going on? Right doing. Everywhere I go, what's going on? Peace is surrounding me. Everywhere I go, I'm full of joy and I got the victory. Well, I don't always feel like that way. Neither do I, but I got to put it on. Why do I got to put it on? Because the word of God says that's what the kingdom of God is. And if I'm not being able to display that, then I got to check, am I really living by faith or walking by faith in this area? Amen. Amen. So do you believe? Then what are you supposed to be able to do? Rejoice. Rejoice what way? I rejoice. No, I rejoice with, I rejoice with something. Why rejoice with something? Because the joy is a spiritual, it's, it's a fruit of the spirit, but it's also, there's some power in it. There's some power in it. it. There's strength in it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's strength in it. You want God to show up on the scene? He's not wimpy. He shows up, he shows up in the atmosphere that it's conducive for him to manifest in. He doesn't just manifest at church, he can manifest in your car, he can manifest at your workplace, he can manifest at school, he can manifest at Walmart or Kroger or Publix, whichever one you go to. He can manifest at your workplace, he can manifest at the football game. Hallelujah. He can manifest, I'm grateful for football, he can manifest everywhere. But you got to believe this. Wouldn't you be different right now if you were always walking in peace and joy? (sighs) I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end. You will not help someone. You cannot change something if you're going to fight the way the world fights. You have to fight. Remember what the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. What's a good fight? Well, the one you win. Did he have some battles? Did he have some natural battles? Everywhere he went, they tried to kill him. He, he, just, he, he didn't have just the religious people after him. He had, he had everybody after him. I like it this way. Paul, he went and created a revival and a riot everywhere he went. I mean, he, he was raised from the dead. They've stoned him. He was bobbing up and down in an ocean. He said he, he'd been robbed so many times. But he said, none of these things move me. Man, I remember a number of years back, I was going through something, and I was just really complaining, like, Lord, this is, I've had enough. Let's just get over this. And I just kind of felt this, like, impression, like, one day you're going to heaven to meet Paul. And then I was thinking about meeting him face to face. And then I, now see, you know, this is not for you. This is for me because, you know, you probably don't need this. But I could imagine my convo with him. And, you know, if I would like have a temporary go to heaven, talk to Paul, I, you know, wanting this speech of you can do it, buddy. Come on. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I had another impression. It was look, him looking at me eyeball to eyeball and saying, toughen up, buttercup. <laughs> now, you know, maybe you don't like that. But it did for me. It shook me a little bit. It was like, come on, this light affliction. Well, this is not light. Everything is light. 
when you've got God, can you win every time? Yeah, even if the devil dealt you the biggest blow of your life, the best thing you can do, yes, sometimes there's grieving. Yes, sometimes there's sorrow. Yes, sometimes it's hard. But you just don't stay there. Amen? Amen. We don't grieve like the world grieves. We don't talk like the world talks. We don't act like the world acts. Why? Because we're from a different kingdom. We're from a different kingdom. And our kingdom never fails. We never lose in God. Hallelujah. So, if we know that believing produces joy, it is a manifestation of the kingdom. In other words, it's a manifestation of faith. Let's say it this way. Um, On the earth... We have to have a commodity to get things. Let's just use a simple one. If I want food, I need money. Well, I said, no, you can go plant something. Well, you can go plant something. I need to go grocery store. (laughs) I grew up that way. I don't want to do that no more. Unless tomatoes, I'll still receive. I still receive garden tomatoes. But anyway, um, but, um, but you understand, so we need a commodity. In order to walk, to, in order to, um, to participate in the kingdoms of this world, you need money. You need a commodity. In order to participate in God's kingdom, you need a commodity. But you can't buy anything there. You can't work for anything there. You can't beg for anything there. You can't outweigh anyone there. There's no lines to stand in. There is a commodity of the kingdom. It's called faith. And you can receive everything from there. And when you walk in that kingdom, it'll affect the earthly kingdoms that you live. The kingdoms of our God, of this world, will eventually become the kingdoms of our God. But right now, he's given us the ability to walk into two kingdoms. If we'll walk from the higher kingdom, it'll change how we walk in this earthly kingdom. Because you're not of this place. You're just an ambassador. But your commodity, the way you, you get things, the way you get things done is by your faith. And you know how to do that. Don't you? A third of you do. Do the other two-thirds. Do you know how to walk by faith? And so these Things like righteousness, peace, and joy are manifestations so that you can tell if you're li- really living by faith in the kingdom that, so that you can receive. So let's look at this. So if, if, if believing produces joy, which is a sign of the kingdom, then I, I need to uh, produce joy. So how do I produce joy? Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found. Come on, it's time to go on a word hunt. It's time to get some things. I did eat them. And your word, just the word alone, should produce joy in you. It was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I'm called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. So if there's a lack of joy, are y'all good? If there's a lack of joy in my life or if there's a lack of joy in your life, then I can tell you there's a lack of word in your life. Don't despair, 
because that can be easily fixed. Come on, you got a book, you got an iPad, you got an iPhone. You've got translations. You can find his word. And when you find it, it produces joy because it also produces faith. And they walk in. But if there's a lack of joy in my life, if I'm getting heavy laden, if I'm getting uh, troubled by the things that are going on in my life or in the world or people I care about, what do I need to do? Well, if joy is a manifestation of my faith, I got to get back into the word, which produces faith and joy. I found your word. I did eat it. In other words, I'm hearkening to it. I'm not just hearing it. I'm doing it. And when I do it, it produces joy. Hallelujah. John, John 15, 11. Jesus himself said, these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy would, rem- that my joy, that my joy would remain in you and that your joy would be what? Full. Joy full. That you would be joyful. That your joy would be full. That your joy would be full. That your joy would be full. You would be joyful. That you, your joy would be full. And if your joy is really full, you'll be joyful. If you're not joyful, that tells me what? It tells me that you and I um, are not reading, studying, putting into us what Jesus has spoken. When David heard, go pursue overtake, recover all. With that came, I wasn't there, but I know how it works, relief and joy. I'm going to get everybody back before it happened. Because God said, go ahead and pursue him, overtake him, you're going to recover all. So what is that? Well, he knows him, and so he knows God is not a man that he should lie, and he knows that's exactly what's going to happen. So he didn't have to wait to get joyful. Come on. So he probably got up to all the guys. He's like, I know y'all want to kill me right now, but this is what God said. And they're like, oh, here's the giant killer back. And I'm going to follow the giant killer. And the giant killer said, God said. And so it's going to be all right. Amen. (laughs) What has God said to you? What does God's word say? Amen? So how do I do this? Well, one of the things you got to do, y'all, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. Uh, You know this is the fruit of the Spirit. But let's read it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace. So, well, let's just read them all. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. Nadia, can you give me that water? It's right underneath that chair there. Um, Thank you. So joy and peace are a fruit of the Spirit. They're a fruit of the Spirit. Hey, Nadia, you want to help me out? 
Pastor Ron is over. Thanks, Ollie. That's a good jacket you got. Um, Pastor Ron is doing next steps, or I'd ha- she'd help me. Um, <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Is it hot up here? JC, is it hot up here? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fruit of the Spirit is joy and it's peace, long-suffering. How do I get this fruit to manifest? Is it automatic because I'm born again? It's not. It's not. This is not automatic. I have to do something. So if I want to produce joy and peace and the other seven, I've got to do something. What do I got to do? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. The lust of your flesh. Now, it it lists all these nasty things. I know you don't have any of them. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, seditions, heresies. I mean, we don't have any of that, right? And, um, but, you know, you would be surprised at what those are. It's in my book that I wrote, No Longer Shackled. But my point is this, is if you don't walk in the spirit, you will produce what your flesh has on it. Even if you're born again, even if you talk in tongues, you have to walk in the spirit. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and life. It means I got to walk in the word. Back to that again. Is it that simple? It is that simple. What does it mean walk in the spirit? Because a lot of time in our circles, in, in full gospel circles, uh, spirit-filled circles, they think walking in the spirit is someone gives in a tongue and interprets it. Someone runs around the room on a saturation. Woo! They're in the spirit. No, they yielded to the spirit. That doesn't make them in the spirit. Why is the significant difference here? Because if I have to run around the room or give a tongue and interpretation or even pray in tongues to be in the spirit, that means I can't be there on a regular basis. It means I have to visit. But you don't have to visit being in the spirit. You can do it all day long. What is that? John the Revelator said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What is that? I was just more aware of spiritual things than I was natural things. Can you be in the spirit all the time? You can. What does that mean? Then I'm walking in the word all the time. What does that mean? I'm more aware of God. Even when I'm at work, I'm aware of God. And if you're aware of God at work, he might even be able to help you at work. I remember me and him, we've, 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 back in the day, we solved some accounting problems. I, I, me and him, we, we've hired people, fired pe- we've hired people. Um, we, we have, I, I remember while I was training, um, I tell this story, I, at work, God, if you sell cars, God can help you sell cars. People coming up, you know, those salesmen, they're all fighting to get to that one, but the Holy Ghost say, they're just looking. And then we one that drives up that don't look like they have any money, they go get that one. Just all kinds of stuff he can help you with. But if you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. But what you will do is you'll begin to produce something. Now, I know this. If I produce this nine fruit because I got a flesh, 
Well, I'm talking about peace and joy especially, but when I begin to walk in the Spirit, if, if, I, if I'm producing peace and joy, then that fruit, when it pops out, also gets rid of anger. That is one of them. Um, you don't maybe know this, but like variants and seditions have to do with click mentality, being divided into cliques. The devil is the clickiest person you'll ever find. And then once he divides people into cliques, he'll have his cliques fight against themselves. He loves tumult. He loves, the devil loves chaos. He'd like to create it in you, around you, because where there's chaos, there's usually envying and strife, and then there's every evil work. But see, you can control your atmosphere. You can control what's around you by where you walk. Determine, I'm going to walk in the Spirit even if nobody else is. What does that mean? I'm going to walk in love. What does that mean? I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to walk in the Word. I'm going to do the Word. And when I walk in the Spirit, when I walk by the Word then what am I doing? I'm producing fruit. And when this fruit pops out of me, it also gets rid of the things that are on my flesh. The the produce of the fruit of the Spirit removes the works of your flesh. Well, one of the fruit is peace and one of the fruit is joy. So if I were the devil, what I would do is keep you out of the Spirit. I would get you so caught up in all the things that are going on and get you so opinionated that you couldn't function in the realm of the spirit. Because I guarantee you God's way of solving the problems of your life and around you are very different than how you would do them. Because if you had someone that was messing with you, Let's talk to the mamas. Mama, if you had someone messing with your baby at school, what is your first instinct? Well, maybe that's the daddies. Because I've threatened to whoop some people before, you know, just right. You messing with my baby? Who do you think you are? Right? But when you do things God's way, if someone is messing with you, what does he tell you to do? Turn the other cheek, bake them a cake, love them, pray for those who despitefully use you. See, one of the things the devil's trying to do right now is, y'all, just you you say you're praying and walking by faith, but you're not really doing anything. If you're really praying and walking by faith, you are doing something. He will give you an assignment with that. But you see, the devil wants you to walk in the flesh and fight in the flesh, and therefore you'll have no peace and joy because you're looking for quietness and happiness. And that's not available unless the circumstances change. And yes, God can change circumstances, but while those circumstances are going on, if you're walking by faith, you're producing joy. You're producing peace. You've got the fruit of the Spirit working, and it doesn't just help you. It helps everybody around you. Amen. Amen. One of the other things you can do, so what do I got to do? Well, I, I got to believe something. And when I believe something, it produces joy. I cheer up. 
I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. While I'm doing that, I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to get in the Word. And when I get in the Word, it's going to produce joy, which is going to produce strength which is going to give me the ability to keep on standing. Having done all to stand, I'm just going to keep on standing because I know the outcome. I know what it's going to be. I know I've rejoiced with joy unspeakable. I've seen the end in the realm of the Spirit. What am I going to do? I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to keep walking in the Spirit. How am I going to walk in the Spirit? I'm going to pay more attention to the Word. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to give Him thanksgiving. I'm going to let Him come and get in the middle of us. If you haven't been here on Wednesday nights, woo-wee, we've been having Him getting in the middle of us. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what we preach on. Doesn't matter what we teach on. Let me just say this. If you weren't here Wednesday night, if you haven't seen that, Pastor Rhonda gave a classic message that I wish she would have done for a Sunday morning, and I wish it would go around the world. It's called Legacy. And she's going to start it again. She's going to do it again uh, uh, this Wednesday night. It was amazing. Anyway, so I'm just telling you, I'm going to stay in the Word. I'm going to walk in joy. Amen. I, I'm going to rejoice with joy because I know the end. Hallelujah. And then, and then as, I, as I stay in the presence of God, as I, as I walk in the Spirit, then joy is going to be produced in my life. And then Psalm 1611 says this. You will show me the path of life in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The things of this world, the things that are going on in your life, try to get your attention to keep you out of the presence of God. One of the great things about gathering together is that corporately we can bring in the presence of God. And when the presence of God comes, there's peace, there's joy. There's joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. In it, and you don't have to wait to church to get into the presence of God. Amen. Sometimes people might think I'm strange, but I'll have some music on or I'll be doing praying or something. And when I get to where I'm going, I got to sit in my car for a minute. After I turn it off, because I've already been in the presence of God and I just need the rest of it just to soak in. I think I, I was in my driveway the other day bawling like a big old baby, not because I was sad, but because the glory of God had filled my car. I already decided if my neighbor came over, I was just going to tell him to get on, get in the passenger side. Maybe, hallelujah. In his presence, this fullness of joy. And you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the tabernacle of God. You can take him anywhere. So therefore, you can take that peace and that joy with you everywhere you go. You can take him to work. You can take him to school. You can take him everywhere you go. Amen. In his presence is fullness of joy. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.